0: Welcome to Chapter Two of HealthSystemCIO.com's interview with Brian Bliven, CIO at University of Missouri Healthcare. In this segment, Bliven talks about why he thinks the Patient Portal will be a game changer for MU Health, how his team benefited from having a practice run with Stage Two, and the most important consideration in new building design. What were some of the uh, the processes that you like specifically that you put in as far as uh, patient engagement?
1: Patient engagement is it's one of our strategic items as well. We really feel that patient portal is going to be a game changer for us if we have it implemented correctly with the appropriate functionality to make it easy for our patients and potential patients to work with us. Um, so we're we want to build in the key functionality like online scheduling. so we use CERner's patient portal to mention we used GE scheduling, so we had to create Uh, custom view it within the Cerner portal, um, open up, work with GE to open up their API so that we could schedule directly in via our online portal. So promoting those things on the floors, we have um, set up positions that are going to go around and educate patients on the patient portal. We have internet-enabled TVs in the room, so we can have them log in, educate them on how to use the portal and what it's for before they leave the the hospital. So that was one of the processes that we implemented. Um, That and then just generally marketing plan, trying to create new functionality that would really add value to patients. We find a lot of folks without a chronic condition to manage really don't have a need to log in, but uh, Mm -hmm. functionality such as online scheduling can be a benefit where they don't want to potentially call the clinic, but they're able to log in and, and do that online.
0: That's certainly been a, a a challenge for for a lot of organizations to get to meet those numbers, and then you all, you also talked about transitions of care. You had mentioned that you know some of some of the other uh, the organizations you work with um, and the challenges there. I, is that something that you've 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 been able to address and and uh, how?
1: So we implemented the his technology within our Tiger Institute HIE as well. So it was really figuring out who in our region did we have a majority of transfers with and setting a priority and helping them implement the technology, so either our technology or another provider, and making sure that they were putting the processes in because it was a little early in our region. Um, So we had to almost sell kind of the idea as as we're doing this, uh, not just for meaningful use, but we're going to reduce faxes. We're going to improve our communication processes Um, open up kind of the doors for this type of communication. So it was really educating and then working with them and helping them overcome any hurdles that they would have to get the technology implemented and processes. We had to work on how we're going to send the information, create uh, some knowledge transfer there. And it was a lot of really just point-to-point education and working with folks to ensure that we could enable that flow. And the problem the previous quarter was while we underestimated the amount of time it would take for some of those organizations in our region to actually implement the technology so they weren't able to receive uh, the data during that first, first quarter. So once we had it rolling in the second quarter, we were very confident that
0: we would hit the numbers. Now, as far as, um, you know, having that, that first uh, attempt at MU2 where you didn't hit the numbers, what, what do you think was the biggest takeaway from that? Um, you know, maybe at, I'm thinking as advice for some of the, the many CIOs who are having a tough time with Stage 2.
1: We were lucky enough or had enough foresight to plan that we would have a couple takes at it. and the timing then of ICD-10 moving back, we, we'd already were well down the way of, of moving forward when that announcement came out. So it was monitoring our processes. And I think that we had that cushion. So we didn't have to force really unnaturally to try to achieve the result. It, we were able to kind of build our momentum up. And that I think really helped us uh, to be able to to make it that next quarter, and just we just continued our efforts. So where it was going to be a 90-day period, we just extended it out and saw that our numbers just continued to rise. And that having that time and just the ability to not cause a fire drill around it to force uh, us to try to make the numbers was, I think, the key for us uh, to be able to move forward with it.
0: Right. Okay. Taking some of that, that pressure off, just having the, uh, the extra time cushion
1: yeah and I would I would add to you, we had a great executive task force, so there was leadership involved in helping us make decisions around moving forward. And we didn't really even consider taking a quarter off and trying again. We, we felt early on and made the decision months before. If we don't if we don't up our numbers and hit it on the first quarter, let's just keep going. So we keep the processes in place, uh, inform everyone you know, on, on how we're going to do that. And I think that helps us to gear up for October 1 when we're going for a full year.
0: Right. Are you uh, surprised that uh, the MU2 numbers just aren't where uh, they were projected to be by this point, just as far as nationwide?
1: Not really. I, I mean, I think that we we took that aggressive stance and yeah. – We're backing into that ICD-10 date. There was a lot of uncertainty and it's a lot of effort if you're going to try to undertake both at the same time. Uh, We had been through beta partnerships with both GE and Cerner had early versions of their their ICD-10 compliant code and we're already working on that uh, well in advance. Um, But we still were wanting to be pretty conservative about the amount of time we would have where we didn't have to focus on the meaningful use measures. We wanted them ingrained by that time so we could focus more on ICD-10, but those those two um, projects or programs together just take up a ton of resources and y- there's a lot of opportunity cost in there. You know, A lot of organizations are gearing up for uh, reimbursement reform and trying to turn the corner on so many different things that it's really difficult to prioritize those where they're all big boulders, so to speak, of um, initiatives that you're working on. So, I'm not necessarily surprised, I think too, that the nature of the objectives in stage two where you're relying on those, some more of those outside organizations, you're relying on your, your patients to actively um, you know, view and log in and send a message potentially on their, on their system. It's a different feel and it takes a different type of rigor to manage that type of project. So I'm, I'm not really surprised. It definitely felt quite a bit different. One.
0: Now, as far as uh, ICD-10, is it something where you kind of pick back up with that at a certain point? Like, how did you uh, shift your strategy once it was delayed again?
1: Well, the main thing that we held off on was the physician training, and that piece was going to be, well, obviously in full swing by now, um, yeah. but we were really getting ready to push that forward when the announcement came out, so we decided to hold off on that. The technical side we kept going we are dual coding um, still a small amount uh, so we're, we're still getting practice with that and working with our coders on on that process it does give us some time to look at additional tools that might help with the physician documentation portion of it in education so we're evaluating that if we can prioritize some of those projects that maybe we couldn't have fit in previously but we really kept going on the remediation, so we have a long history here of using technology. The um, EMR, for example, is is the initial database was built in the late 90s. Um, long history with the GE system as well. So going back and making sure that all of our custom code is corrected, we that just gave us some time to continue that remediation. We didn't stop it. Um, but as I mentioned, the physician education piece is something where we did we did take a break and. We are planning to roll that back in uh, in October one of this year. So give us a full year.
0: Right. Now, um, I had seen on the on the website that you had a new patient tower that opened last year, and I wanted to talk a little bit about that and the use of uh, smart rooms. And this is this is some really cool stuff. And it's one of those you know smart uses of technology that. Uh, it's one of those things that you kind of want to like boast about or brag about because it is a cool thing and it's um, something that it looks like was a, you know maybe a result of the, the partnerships that you have.
1: Yeah, we'd love to give you a tour of it when we have people, we have visitors. We we love giving tours. We're very proud of the new building. Uh, it looks great. Um, staff did a wonderful job on the design, and I think people love working in that new environment. And it's also allowed us then to retrofit or rebuild remodel our existing or previous space um, which was in need of some upgrades it was about a 50 year old building the new space was it, it was great timing so the partnership had just been established and the footings were being poured on the building uh, there was a focus on technology with the partnership and we were able to be right there with the architects with the designers uh, at the outset and technology was something that was thought through the entire time. Um, so we were able to get power where we would need it, data, network, uh, dual redundancy, closet space, all of that infrastructure. We really wanted to make sure and say, if we're building this up, let's make sure that it has the technology uh, bandwidth to last for a long period of time where we don't have to go in and tear off the head walls to redo um, changes for technology. So we were very careful about that design, try to uh, have as much foresight as possible. Um, there's a lot of modular designs so that the rooms could be very flexible. Uh, they can be an IC room, they can be a med surge room. The head walls are configurable and uh, modular so you can, you can change them in and out. And we've already taken advantage of that uh, through different moves that we've had to do. It allows us a great deal of flexibility if we need to remodel an area um, and having the space, it allows us to do that very easily, so it was exciting. There was an evaluation of the types of equipment that we're going to be going into. The patient care tower, um, it's all fitted and we've retrofitted our, our entire campus with RFID to track our assets and some of our technology, such as our smart pumps. Um, there was a focus on device integration. So wanting to have the monitors, vital signs, telemetry, everything integrated into the EMR and focus on having as much as we can. That's really the enable the smart room of it from the clinician side, excuse me. On the patient side, it's about the internet-enabled TV that has access to their chart They can, through education orders that are placed in the EMR, all the flow to their their uh, MyStation unit in the room and they can View the educational items, and it'll flow back to the chart and and show those are completed. They can see information about the hospital menus, uh, et cetera. In addition to playing games and and watching TV. So it, it was it was uh, a great project. A lot of new devices, a lot of new equipment uh, went into that. So it was uh, it was pretty fun for us to get to install and and play with some of the new toys.
0: Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> And then interesting that you're doing that at the same time you're retrofitting older buildings, so quite quite a contrast there, I would imagine.
1: Yeah, and the layout and the approach to the rooms is not very consistent. So when we'd go back into the space, there were some constraints around the building uh, where we couldn't do everything that we, we were able to do in the new patient care tower from an infrastructure standpoint, but the layout of the rooms and the technology is very similar. You really can't tell if you go to... Um, back to our, our retrofitted or rebuilt rooms to the new patient care tower. It's a very similar look and feel now.